So, uh, in Advent, we want to be in Advent, but we don't want to lose Jose either. So, for the next two Sundays, uh, Jonathan and I will be taking a break from the passage by passage look at Hosea and looking at Hosea in Advent. I uh, am amazed at this chapter that we've just read or this story that we've just read because I missed it for so long it seemed. And I came up with a title this week that was um, for my own good really. We never murdered the baby but did we ever kill his revolution? Put that up on my blog yesterday. I always blog on Saturday what's happening in Fitzroy on Sunday. Last night I was... uh, Rejoicing with those whose transfer is over. And we were out for a, a lovely meal and one of the parents of uh, uh, Jasmine's friends. And uh, then I had to rush back because it just didn't have a start and a finish for this morning. It was all there. But those splintered steel things were not giving me a start and a finish. And I came back in and went into my emails. And somebody had put a comment up about tomorrow in Fitzroy. So when I went, and it's, they could be here, somebody called James, who having read my Tomorrow in Fitzroy about the murdered baby and killing the revolution, said, Steve, enough of this pseudo-deep tripe, please. <laughs> and I thought, there's my introduction. But also, a little bit later, my conclusion. We could go into the prophecies, many prophecies read in what we've just been reading from Matthew. The prophet said, Hosea's right in there. And we'll come to that in a moment or two. But what I want to do is I want to look at a phrase that has come up time and time again in Hosea. Eight times actually in the first eight chapters. That I think this story of Advent is something to speak into. Hosea goes on and on about the people not acknowledging God or having a knowledge of God. They were a religious people. But somehow they just weren't acknowledging or knew God in the way you were meant to. It was ritualistic. It was tradition. But it wasn't intimate connection it's not that they didn't have the truth it's that they didn't get the truth that they had and as we come into the advent season what we've done is we've shifted from that old testament where the prophets are quite crucial near the end of it to this new testament new stage in the salvation plan The word that created at the start of the Old Testament becomes flesh at the start of the New. The word that inspired Hosea to write becomes flesh and lives among us. As we move towards Christmas Day and tomorrow after we've been around the table and We can move the table aside. The crib will come back in and we will have the story of Christmas right at the center of our worship services 
on the journey towards Christmas Day. In this crib, in this story, are these stories in the gospel accounts of Luke and of Matthew. We find a possibility of knowing God has opened up that the people in Hosea looked forward to, maybe, or should have been looking forward to if they got it. But that we, looking back at it, can find all its fulfillment. Shepherds, Eastern mystical stargazers, finding themselves in an intimate place with the God who is holy. A preview of the curtain being torn in two at the crucifixion. Where now we can boldly come into the presence of God. Where we can get to know God in a way that we were never able to do before the incarnation. And let us remember that because in the last few weeks we've maybe lost the early part of the Hosea story. Hosea is not just about lashing out against high hedonism or half-baked cake if we want to bake them even here at the front of the church. If we go back to the parable of Hosea, what makes Hosea unique amongst the prophets? It's this acted out relationship of husband and wife. A new sort of knowledge is being predicted, prophesied. And the New Testament takes it up. And the bride and the bridegroom. We will know God in different ways post-incarnation. Than the people of Israel had any chance of. Even if they did get it. With Hosea. But wait. The thing that amazes me about what Philip and Francis just read is. That in the 750 years between Hosea and the birth of Jesus, nothing has changed. They're still not acknowledging. Matthew 2 is astonishing. Let me reread some of it for you. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who is to be born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and we've come to worship him. Now, here's the thing. We've been waiting on this for hundreds of years. And Herod's going to be the king that's always going to be remembered because he was the king when the Messiah came. Like the Labour government still live off the 1966 World Cup. And a couple of Eurovisions, I think, that Harold Wilson was Prime Minister for as well. Imagine being the king when God came to earth. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. He could understand that because he was a bit of a ruthless tyrant and he wasn't exactly completely Jewish. But the next bit of the verse. And all Jerusalem with him. They've been waiting for all these years. And he arrives. And they're disturbed. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. He asked them where is the Messiah to be born? 
Scrolls are out in Bethlehem and Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has said, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. There it is, they have the truth. They have the knowledge. They needed the knowledge of where the baby was going to be born. The Magi wanted to worship him. All the knowledge is theirs. Biblical truth. What happened? When the Magi had left Jesus, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, he took the child and his mother during the night and he left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet Hosea, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old or under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. For centuries they've waited. It has arrived. They have the truth of it. They are disturbed. And they kill him. The only ones who have the knowledge kill him. Shepherds didn't. They were out. They're still out in the fields out around Bucknell. And they still can't get in. Because they're looking after the sheep. So they're hardly here this morning. The shepherds didn't come to synagogue. They were the, you know, out there just in the mountains. And they were a bit, you know, scruffy. They only wore the collar when they were communion. And uh, they didn't know. The eastern mystic stargazers, well, they certainly didn't know because they were foreigners completely. They were following a star, for goodness sake. And then this group had the truth. Now, we're different. We're not going to kill the baby. But we're the ones with the truth. And if we're reading this Advent story, we've got to audit what this story is saying to us and what the book of Hosea is saying to us. That those who have the truth can sometimes get it wrong. Ken Newell, he used to come here sometimes. Ken used to say to me when he was in a debate, not that Ken would have been in many debates, when Ken was in some debate with some other Presbyterian minister and Ken's graciousness and strategies, he said he would always say to them at the end of the debate, he would say, that's a great argument. What's the weakness of your argument? Oh. Recognize that it's a good argument, but what's the weakness in your argument? Because we've always got to be asking the weakness of our argument. I would love to do a kind of master's or PhD where you would go down through all the main bits of church history and you would say, there's the bit that we got there. Why did we find that truth there? Why in the Reformation did we, what was going on around it that got us to see justification by faith all over again in that splendid way that we discovered it in the Reformation? And then say, but where were the weaknesses? 
Where were the babies we threw out with the bathwater? Why did we do that? And then look at our own time. Because we're 21st century and we have all this knowledge and we know so much more than all those people before us, do we not? So we're finding maybe some truths at this stage that we hadn't. But where is the weakness? If we audit it as the people of God who have the knowledge of God. So no, we're not going to kill the baby. We're going to come to church and sing songs to the baby. We're not going to kill the baby. We're going to come and read the scriptures about the baby. We're not going to kill the baby. We're going to put the baby in the crib. Probably a few weeks before our Catholic brothers and sisters put him in the crib, but he'll be in there. We're not going to kill the baby. We're going to come and remember when the baby was killed by the religious leaders of his day. You see, the Christmas story encapsulates everything else that's going to happen in the entire gospel. Even the killing of Jesus is hinted at right here in these early verses. But we're not going to kill the baby. But where might we just be killing the revolution? For the people of Hosea's time, it was compromised relationships with neighbors. Compromised relationships with wealth. They had just come to the time where they diluted the faith by the sort of alliances that they'd got themselves into. In Jesus' day, Herod was in Jerusalem, it was the religious city, and the religious Pharisees had got so embroiled in their relationship with Herod and his power that they were doing very well for themselves, thank you very much, and they didn't need that disturbed by some baby that was going to turn the world upside down. And when we say, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, into the wealthiest generation that's ever lived on the planet, even in recession. How is he going to knock our lives so out of kilter that actually it would be better if we just, well, yeah, we'll cuddle him as a baby, but let's not think of some of those disturbing things that he wants us to do in this new kingdom. Where are our compromised relationships? Is it materialism? Is it sectarianism? Is it humanism? Is it pluralism? Is it Protestantism? Is it Presbyterianism? Is it traditionalism? What are those things that might just be blinding us to the revolution that this baby came to bring? Knowledge cuts deep and it finds us out. And sometimes we don't like that. And the marriage analogy is a good one because Janice and I were friends for five years before we started going out and then we went out for seven years. And 12 years into knowing me, she had no idea how dirty I am. No idea how filthy. No idea how I would lose the keys even this morning. No idea of how loud I snored. No idea of all those quirks and foibles that bless her she promised for better or worse she was going to put up with and she still does. Knowledge finds us out as well as us finding out. And the baby has come to find us out. Are we ready for it? Oh, we'll not murder the baby. But maybe we don't want to be found out. Deep down in our souls, we maybe don't want to admit or change 
or be transformed or to follow this crazy revolution where you turn other cheeks and you don't store up treasure on earth. All kinds of crazy things. So James, on my blog, this is not pseudo. I thought pseudo was maybe some karate move or something. That's how intelligent I am. Um, But it's not pseudo and it's not deep. We are the church. We sing his praise. We open his word. We pray our prayers. We come to the table. We declare our faith in this baby. But are we prepared to follow him? And in the end, in the end, this is where we follow him too. A broken saviour who was prepared to be broken for others. He's a lovely little baby to have in your arms. But are we prepared to be broken? To minister to the broken people around us. No. We're not going to murder the baby. But are we going to kill his impact? Let's pray. Lord, help us to see where we need to be broken as Jesus was broken. And help us to be prepared to be known in the intimacy that you will know us and challenge us and rebuke us and correct us and turn us on our head. And help us as the people of God who have the scriptures this Christmas not to be the ones who miss the revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.